You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy, and that feels very good to say that again. It's been a long, long time. Um, Look, guys, uh, I really appreciate everybody's sentiments, everybody's well wishes, everything when we decided that we were going to call it a day with the media content in December. I won't drag on too much about that. I will say like a, a bit at the end. Um, but we felt like we had a perfect time here. And actually, it was my guys here that said, look, we missed talking. We've got a little break here. Let's get the band back together. Let's do this one more time. And it makes perfect sense. We're at all-star break. So I've got my wonderful UK cast with me here. We're back on, you know, the poverty stream yard package now. I'm not paying for the extras. We've got no backgrounds. We've got the stream yard logo showing. <laughs> it's all a bit crap. But the main point is I've got my guys back here. For those that are listening live on the YouTube channel, get involved in the chat. It's great to have you all back. This will go on a live podcast feed uh, one last time. But let's introduce the cast. First of all, my man, Mr. Oli Rahimi. Oli, how are you and have you cheered up from yesterday? Uh, I'm good, thank you, mate. Not really. It was a disappointing day from a Bristol Flyers perspective, but lovely to meet you. Um, and if this is one last dance, I want to just say thank you to you for everything that you've done for the whole Miami Heat community in the UK, all of us, um, because we wouldn't be doing this without you. So thank you. And it's been a beautiful ride. Man, the pleasure is all mine. Um, yeah, well, well, I'll, I'll say a little bit at the end about what, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, contributions are. But yeah, I appreciate that sentiment very much. Thank you very much. And yeah, it was great to meet you finally yesterday. For those that don't know, went to the London Lions. My very first British Basketball League game, the London Lions played Ollie's Bristol Flyers, first versus second. And uh, the Lions well and truly blew them out. So, uh, but it was great to see Ollie that wasn't involved in a screen or a microphone. So thank you very much yeah, for spending some time with me. Glenn Smith, sir, how are you? Good evening. It's nice to see you've got the feather duster out for those jerseys in the background, Dan. It's a pleasure to be back. I'm glad they've seen a, a, a little bit more love on the stream. And uh, yeah, as just echoing Ollie's kind words there, mate, it's nice to be back for, uh, I wish this was a six-part Netflix documentary, but you know, we'll take the, the one last dance itself. I appreciate everything you do, man. So it's nice to be back and see you all. Oh, it's great to have you talking. Yes, and yeah, I've, I've, I've sort of bought out the big guns today for those that are listening and not watching. Yeah, I've got the, uh, the Shaq jersey, the Alonzo Morning Old School jersey. Of course, the D-Wade Authentic. And of course, LeBron. It's All-Star Weekend. You've got to have LeBron on there. Bilal Monod. Mate, it seems like forever since we've t- spoken. How are you, my man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. It's good to see everyone. And it's good to be here. Echoing as all what you said, what, what uh, Glenn and Ollie said. Just, I'm really appreciative of it. So thanks for everything. Man, not at all. It's been a pleasure to speak to all of you over the uh, over the year, years, whatever it may be. Um, big shout out to you guys. And of course, the guys that couldn't make it today. James Stone was supposed to be here. Uh, last minute family thing that popped up for him. So we're gutted that James isn't uh, a part of today. But big shout out to you as well. Um, and of course, my OG, Sam Aquaro, has been with me since day one, pretty much. Really miss talking to you, Sam. And uh, thank you very much for your contributions as well. But let's just said park all of that sentiment for the moment let's talk about some Miami Heat basketball or lack of recently but the big acquisition after a bit of a uh, disaster trade deadline we thought we knew the Heat 
had to, should have made some moves. They didn't. But it's fallen in the lap a little bit here. Ollie, I'll start with you. Uh, Kevin Love has been bought out and he's going to be part of the Miami Heat uh, acquisition uh, roster from now onwards. Uh, it should clear waivers as of about 10 p.m. tonight. That's 5 p.m. I think in US. So only a couple of hours and it should be made officially official. Uh, and Cody Zeller as well, which we'll talk about. So Heat have addressed some situations here. But your first immediate thoughts on what Kevin Love will bring to Miami's front court? Well, if we're getting the Kevin Love that we've been used to for the last decade or so, then he kind of fills two holes that we've we've missed this season, especially we've we've lacked front court depth. I think everyone's pretty clued up on that. That's pretty obvious. Um, but shooting as well, all of our shooters have been pretty dreadful. Like Tyler Hero's performance in the in the three point contest was disappointing. Um, so yeah, we need three point shooting and we need size. And Kevin Love has the potential to fill both of those holes. Um, so I'm really excited by it. I think it's to be honest, it's a it's a win win situation because I don't think they can lose. It's it's a fairly cheap deal. You know, we've got we've got a roster spot for him. He's got playoff experience. He's got championship experience, and he can still be very effective. You know, he's not maybe had a great season with Cleveland, but he's had a fantastic career. He's a great shooter, a great rebounder as well. Don't forget. Um, so I think it's you know it's, I think there's only upsides to it. Um, I think it's a smart move. Maybe not one that we anticipated a couple of weeks ago. Thinking that you know we might need some front uh, backcourt depth with Kyle Lowry maybe sitting, maybe need some shooters. But you know to add Kevin Love and then Cody Zeller as well, get some front court depth in, support Bam. Maybe Yurt's going to be coming back. Um, credit to Orlando Robinson as well because he's played really well. But and I think he's probably going to be a little bit of a victim of these two signings, which is unfortunate for him. But those two will hopefully bring a lot of what's been missing from the Heat. And you know let's let's push on. Brooklyn are going to fall so. Um, Hopefully, we can get home court seed in the playoffs now. Yeah, it's a big shout. And um, yeah, we'll come on to some predictions a little bit later in the show of what we think from here on out uh, for the last 29 games, I think it is for Miami. But yeah, um, I, I totally echo what you've said there, Ollie. Um, also, Glenn, I think one thing that may be a little bit understated that people haven't quite got, we've, we know that it adds a bit of size, it adds some space in. We know these things, that's great, and that's exactly what Miami need. But also, I think maybe not spoken about enough is we're adding another... NBA champion here. We're having a veteran leader. We're adding somebody that's got a championship mentality. He's a roster, he's a locker room guy. So he's, he doesn't, he's, he's universally loved through the league. These are all big things. Yes, we, we know what he can do on court and that's huge. And that's the predominantly, that's the main thing here. But I think just the, the, the other side of it as well, the off-court stuff, his, his leadership, his mentality, it's another champion to add to this roster, isn't it? It is a great addition. I mean, all we needed was more age, let's be honest, but um, it's nice to have him in. I saw a, a podcast earlier where some Cleveland fans were were doubting his defensive abilities and saying he's going to wash up. But when you consider what we've traded out and got in, it, I know he wasn't technically a trade, but you know you get rid of Deadmond in the, uh, and move him on with a second rounder and you think what we bought in. We've lost a man who was... Uh, uh, enjoyed a foul, shall we say, uh, and brought in a man who, as you say, has championship pedigree, five or six all-star appearances. Uh, he's going to add that another locker room presence, which is going to be important. We seem to have a real mix of of young and old again now, which is nice. Um, and hopefully he'll come in, fill in the spots where he needs. He's also a slightly bigger player if he does need to, you know, if we do lose some big centres like we've had, you, all of a sudden you're not filling in with some smaller guys in back there. I think all around he's a great buyout market, like sort of signing. Uh, I was disappointed we didn't actually do more in the trade. I think everyone was. I think there were some some players we probably could have snatched up that would have been a nice addition. But 
at the end of the day, we've had this nice break at the moment. And when you come out going back into the last 20, what's it, 29 games, you say it is? Um, oh, too many to keep count still. Um, you know, you've got to look promising about what's coming to come and who we've added in it. So you can't complain. He's a great pedigree player. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, that's it, exactly that. After a disappointing trade deadline, it gives us a chance to be re-energised again. The fans will look forward to going into the arena on the back of that acquisition. And it has addressed some of our problems. I 100% agree with that. Uh, Bilal, do you think that, you know, with um, last season, Tyler Hero ran away with sixth man of the year, but um, Kevin Love was second, I believe, in voting. So he had a really good season. He was He was excellent in that role. Do you think that to start with, at least... Maybe that's the way Spo will go? Or do you think that, no, we, we know what the problems are. Caleb Martin, bless his heart, has done a great job holding down that position uh, all season long. Let's now get back to what we should maybe do, which is Caleb off the bench where he can really excel and give us some energy and slot Kevin Love straight in a power forward. Or who knows, even maybe switch a bit with, with Bam and do some work at centre. Do you think he's going to be a starter straight off? Uh, I think he will be a sign. I think he should be a star. Um, you've got someone with that much experience who's played in high leverage games, who's been around the league for, what, 15 years now. Um, he can add valuable size. And like you said, Caleb goes back to his old position, being that uh, Swiss Army knife player that we, we know he can be and fill in when Jimmy's not playing or when he's off. That could give us a real boost. But Kevin Love, I think he, he definitely needs to start. He can provide great spacing. As you know, we've been the worst three-point shooting team this season. So whatever K-Love does, he's not going to be a bad shooter in this team, I don't think. And it could also free up space for, for others. Like Tyler Hero could have something off his back. He can be jump high in the three-point percentages. And it could allow more space for Jimmy and Bam to operate inside. So... Yeah, I agree. I think that um, Five Reasons put a post up saying, should he start? And uh, I said, this has to be 100% yes, because Kayla's been great, but he's not a power forward. It, it, I, I love the fact that we can bring him off the bench. I don't need this. Uh, Kevin Love doesn't need any rest. He hasn't played. He's been out of the rotation. Um, so let's give him some reps, give him some minutes straight off, get him involved right now um, and see what Caleb can do off of the bench. And you're right as well. You know, if he can start to shoot and to knock down some threes, we are an awful three-point shooting team. Then maybe that sort of follows on. You know, maybe Tyler gets his groove back. Maybe Duncan comes back now from his injury, starts to get involved. Max has been hot and cold. Caleb Martin, actually, Miami Heat's three-point percentage would probably be a lot higher if Caleb Martin could get his feet behind the fucking line. But there we go. That's what happens. So, yeah, I, I think that it needs to happen. And there's no point starting this small and maybe easing him in getting straight in that's what i think so uh before we leave kevin love we're going to talk a little bit about uh um cody zeller which i'm pleased with that acquisition as well but before we do ollie you had a question for all of us about your thoughts on kevin love yeah um first of all i just want to say this i think the kevin love acquisition could be because i know a lot of heat fans are kind of thinking imagine if chris Bo chris bosh hadn't have had to retire imagine him next to bam and yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a watered down version but i think this Kevin Love acquisition could kind of do the same sort of thing. But yeah, my question was, um, I know a lot of Heat Twitter and us as well, we were really frustrated at the trade deadline by the lack of movement. We obviously got rid of Dwayne Dedman for a second round and a second rounder, sorry, for some for some cash from the Spurs. Um, and I know there was a lot of sort of anguish with the front office for that. But if these acquisitions, so Cody Zeller and, and Kevin Love, if they'd have happened at the trade deadline and it had been a trade for Dedman and a second rounder, for Cody Zeller and Kevin Love, however that would have worked, a three-team deal or whatever, do you think that your feelings towards the front office would be different to what they are now? 
And do you think the outlook would change, even though it's been, what, a week, two weeks? It doesn't really make a difference. But do you think the general outlook around the team would be different if they'd actually made a move to acquire these guys rather than via a buyout? I think that it's a good way to put it because, look, Miami, in my opinion, have landed on their feet here. It's a win. You know, I am I try to view myself as a unbalanced, relatively unemotional fan. Sometimes I foul in that, like we all do, because we're sports fans. And um, But I was pissed off at the end of trade deadline because it, it, it really highlighted where we failed, you know. But And I'll come back to that in a second. But I think that if, you, if you've got players like Kevin Love and Cody Zeller that you've managed to get in, in basically flipping Deadman and a second, that's a massive win for Miami. Whether that had been done here or later, that, that's huge. I think that, you know, Pat and the rest of the front office can have their criticisms, but it sort of highlights the problems is where we went wrong in the first place, which is the, the, the Lowry contract in retrospect looks bad now. The Duncan Robinson contract in retrospect looks bad now. But when you sit back, that's not really the front office's fault. They gave their value at the time, what they thought it was. You can't blame player regression on the front office. They've got to have some responsibility of why this season has fallen away. And it's because those players have just, the, the drop-off has been enormous. So when you realise that you can't get rid of those contracts, you can't flip them, it becomes very difficult. Having said that, we should have gone somewhere and got a power forward. There was another, we could have got something. We could have gone and got some help. Now, as it happens right now, yes, they've landed on their feet. I don't know whether or not they knew this was going to happen. I don't really see how. They might have heard whispers, but I don't think they knew this, this was this, that Kevin Love was going to get bought out. So I feel like at the moment, it's been a win for them. So now, as it said, whether it happened then or later, we come into, into uh, from the return of the All Star break, re energized and ready to go again. But I don't feel like everything needs to be blamed to the front office because some of this has to be shared with player performance. And that's why this regression has been uh, almost hard to achieve. Glenn, what do you think? I don't blame them at all, to be quite frank, because we live in a, the NBA as a, as a sport has a very different outlook to something like football, where the end of the transfer window is the end of the transfer window. Done deal, can't do anything else. And you've got guys who, anyone else in the league, 80% of teams would have signed Duncan on the contract that we got him on, just based on the form he was in before that. And you think, oh crap, I've got a player who I know very well, because we've brought him into the league to the success he's at. And you go, right, well, of course I'm going to pay him. As you say, player regression, you can't... This happens. Again, Kyrie um, uh, Lowry would have ended up probably getting a similar contract from a good few teams, nowhere near as many as Duncan's contract. And you've got to think, at the end of the day, there's all, they've always been a front office that would not take any less than what they believe they deserve for a player. And, yeah, cool, they might not agree. They, they, there's no chance. They, they might have had a whisper. There's no chance they would have known that Kevin Love was going to go out there, get his contract bought out, and all things will be what you do, and we feel like we're massive success. Look, we're we're really excited for the rest of the games of the season. But you've got a, there's that trust level in them that I can look at with the Heat and their front office that I can't look at in many other teams and go, you'd make consistently correct decisions. And yeah, cool. We we, we you know we we have in at the end of the day traded away Duncan um, traded away Deadman and a second rounder for a bit of cash. It looks poor when the deadline ends, but as you say. It's not just about the deadline. There's all these buyouts that are happening now far more religiously than when I first got into the sport in like 2011, where that was now non-existent. You'd be taught that trades were trades and that's all that happened. Cash considerations and buyouts was not a thing then. And we've managed to end up with a guy who didn't jump ship when LeBron left, stayed with them for years after and tried to build something with the Cavs. 
And instead, now he's had a decent opportunity to go, look, I've served my time here and we've picked up a missing link that we need. Again, I think, yeah, you can. There, there's some fans that will rightfully go, I wanted something at the trade deadline. But at the end of the day, if you get your Christmas present late, but you still like the present, then it doesn't really matter. This is very, very well put, mate. Brilliantly put, in fact. And, you know, you're right, because when that, go back to when that Cole Lowry trade happened, 80% of Heat Twitter were delighted. You know, yeah, there was a bit of a, a, a maybe a question mark over the value and also the amount of years, but we, we knew what we needed. We got the guy that was perfect for our system. And let's have it right. Everybody was saying that that trade was, was a win for Miami. You know, let's remember, we got rid of Precious Atura that wasn't really doing it. Okay, he's improved now. Fair play, hat tip of the hat to Toronto and the development. And Goran Dragic, that was it. So, you know, everybody said Miami have, have fleeced that deal. Right? In retrospect now, the drop-off shows that, you know, that you want to be very happy with their, with their piece they've got there. But Bilal, coming back to that then, so do you believe that at this stage now, whether it happened at trade deadline or on the buyout market, whatever happens now, when you just look at Ollie's question, which was Deadman in the second for Kevin Love and Cody Zeller, We've got to just we've got to be very happy with that. As, as I said, this is a win for Miami in general, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is a it's a win for the moment. But then again, we need to look at it from the other perspective. Like these are two guys that wasn't even playing. Yeah. We don't know what they're going to look like. Like this could be the best thing or it could be the worst thing. So we can't. I don't feel like we should all put our eggs in our, in one basket for now and give the front office their props because these two were not playing. We, we don't know what they're going to look like. We we might, the Cleveland Cavaliers fans might be right. He might, Kevin Love might be cooked. And, and then we're in trouble. We're in trouble for the rest of the season. We're going to be left with 14 undrafted players that we got to rely on. I feel like the problem with the front office came where we, when we let PJ Tucker walk, which I think was the most logical thing to do, we didn't replace him. That's where the, the problem came. And that's where it's the large chunk of where we went wrong this season and how we started playing and then the undrafted guys started dropping and then we we had a, a lineup where we had Jimmy and Bam was our only drafted guys like how do you construct a roster with this much lack of talent that that's where it comes from so I do get the frustration and I I'm, I'm not going to give the front office a pass yet I need to see where it goes for now Bilal with a large sense of expectation capping there. And to be fair, you're right, aren't you? Because if love just falls off, which could happen, he's not been playing. You know, we, we hope that doesn't. And I'm sure, you know, he's got enough in his tank that it, it won't. But if he comes back and he looks cooked, they're going to go, well, it was a waste of time because we won't be pleased. We won't be pleased either way. But um, no, look, uh, as I said, I don't feel like, I don't know whether they knew this was going to happen, but to, to add Kevin Love and Cody Zeller, which, which we'll talk about next, Ollie, uh, to this to this roster, I feel like that's the, the best sort of case scenario that he could have done. A lot of people were calling for Westbrook. I don't really feel like, apart from a lot of fun maybe, uh, and a bit of chaos, I don't really see like that was what we needed there. We definitely don't need less shooting on this team. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like it, it should give the Heat uh, a bit more energy. But coming on now, Ollie to uh, to Cody Zeller. What do you make of this signing? I think it's really good. To be fair, um, again, like we mentioned, it's probably not one that we expected. Um, not one that many people would have probably had on their list of, you know, these are the top guys that I want to fill this this spot, and arguably that's going to be the backup center spot. But I think with both of them, with obviously Kevin Love as well, I think it constructs the roster really well. Um, you know, I've heard some reports coming out in the last couple of days that 
Kyle Lowry's maybe not that far away from returning and that when he does return, he's quite happy to kind of accept whatever role is given to him. And I personally think that Kyle Lowry off the bench and Gabe Vincent in the starting lineup at the moment just fits. And I think if you're going to put Kevin Love at the four in the starting in the starting five with Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, I think then you have a really good mix of offense and defense. And if by moving then Caleb Martin to the, the bench unit, you're maybe augmenting the lack of defense that would be there if you were just playing Kevin Love with Cody Zeller, um, Duncan Robinson or Max Struess, Victor Oladipo, and then probably Kyle Lowry. So I think that the fit with players like Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo, because Oladipo and Cody Zeller played together at, at college, that that's going to be good. And I think that will anchor our second unit quite well. And, you know, obviously the problem with Deadman, Mr. Walking minus 10, like he would come in, we'd be up by 15, five minutes later, we're down by 15. So I think, I think moving Caleb to the four off the bench, Cody Zeller would just give us a bit more size, a bit more rebounding, a bit more reliability, hopefully. But, you know, as Bilal said, these guys still haven't played. Like, so we're, it, it is kind of blind. We're just going on our past experiences and what we know from these players in the past. So, it all remains to be seen, but I, I like both of the signings. I think Cody is, is what we needed um, in terms of strength and size inside. We don't know what's going to happen with Omey Yurtsevin yet, so we'll just wait and see with that. But again, I think it's a win-win. I don't really think we can go wrong with it. Yeah, and um, you know, from what I've ever seen of him playing against the Heat, he's always performed pretty well. I think he's a good, another good pro. He can shoot as well a bit. Um, so yeah, I think again, it's it, it was a no-brainer. And just coming, Glenn, on to Ollie's point there about. Uh, Lowry now having a role probably from the bench, which I think makes perfect sense. Um, with a bench unit now, with this maybe run by your likes of Lowry, Oladipo, um, you know, Caleb now is going to be coming off the bench. Um, you know, we've got Yurtsevin maybe on the brink of coming back and you've got Zeller. You know, this team, at a record as it sits now, as a seven seed, 32 and 27, we saw what happened with Boston last year, and I know they've got much more top-end talent, and they really went for it last year, and they took off dramatically and ended up going all the way to the finals. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but this team is undoubtedly, they're geared for a a run towards maybe a home court seat now, aren't they? And you look at what's actually changed in the East, especially surrounding players like Brooklyn, and you go, you have done nothing in the nicest way, but weakened, and there are you know, you can point at a few others and, and say the same thing. Um, Jimmy will be chuffed to have not had to actually play an all-star. We all saw him sipping Argentinian wine within this minute, a mere minutes of the season, uh, like taking a, a swift break. Um, Bam did near on nothing in the actual all-star game itself, so he'll be fresh, you know. We're not like we've got three or four guys that are going to do stuff. Uh, Tyler Hero just seemed to turn up for, to do absolutely nothing, as we all saw in the three-point contest. So we're fresh. Um, I take the opposing view. I wouldn't start Kevin Love for a few games. I wouldn't put Cody Zeller anywhere near more than the amount of minutes he's been playing, which is around 16 minutes a game. Um, otherwise, I'll feel we're going to have a... I'd still play him a lot more. Otherwise, I feel Cody Zeller is going to turn into a sort of Bielitsa situation where he'll get very frustrated and, and nothing will come of that more, more generally. But they are older guys. I think they can... Um, I don't mind a bench unit of veterans knowing that, okay, we're up by 15, let's slow the game right down. And that's what Lowry will bring you. That's what Zeller will bring you. And I think if we do start love there, then I think that's what he would bring you. But that's irrelevant because the point guard tends to dictate play and pace a little bit more. But 
Um, I think the key thing with getting these guys in now is we're going to, in my opinion, reach the playoffs no matter what. It's about now building this chemistry very quickly over these last games to make it so that when we are in the playoffs itself, we can make a run. As we, the only real, as as we've learned before, the standings of where you are in the league doesn't really matter, as that's what it's there for. The home court advantage, all right, cool, add something, a little bit of a, a little bit of extra spice on the pudding, but other than that, there's there's nothing to come from it. I like the freshness that we've got going into these last few games, and I do think we can hit a run, despite the fact we're not as top heavy as a team like uh, Boston was last year. Yeah, and I think it, it obviously health will come into it. Of course, it will. That is a massive say in every playoffs every year. So we hope that that, not just for the Heat, we hope as an as a NBA fan, you hope that all teams are at full health. That would be great viewing. Um, but, Bilal, what do you feel like the ceiling should be now or the, or the, or the, the, the target should be? Because as we sit right now, as I said, 32 and 27, so it's not a horrific record. We're five games above 500. Heat Twitter will make it feel like it's way, way worse than that. But seventh seed, 10 games back from the first seed, obviously that's out of reach. Five games back, though, from Cleveland in fourth. The Nets, you would feel like maybe now will start to fall away a little bit. They'll still be a competitive team, as we found out very recently. But with that with that run now, with the Miami have got, they've addressed their needs. They feel like they should be geared up for an ascendancy. So what do you feel like the expectation and the ceiling will be now for Miami season? Because let's have it right no team will want to play Miami in a seven-game series. Doesn't matter where they are, we're going to be hard to beat. But fundamentally, can we challenge this year? Challenging what we? Yeah. Well, we're here for an NBA championship, my friend. Yeah, I think we can forget about challenging them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think I think the the ceiling should be in the the regular season. Try to aim for home court first first round, and then overall try to see if we can get to the second round and then hope for any luck and god forbid any injuries to go our way so that's what i feel like because then you know anything can happen and you know what jimmy butler's like in the playoffs he's a he's a different player so hopefully like you said we'll, we'll always be the team a hard team to beat but i think a first uh first round home court would be nice and then the ceiling i would say we 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 should get to the second round I think that's a fair reflection, to be honest. I feel like, um, look, unless you get in that 4-5 matchup and you play probably Cleveland, um, I think that's going to be a good series. They're a very good defensive team. They've got all the, all the uh, minerals there on both ends to do some damage. Um, Philadelphia would probably give them a good series, but I think the 1-2 will be uh, will be tough to to come you know out of that round, absolutely. Um, Ollie, what do you feel um, feel like in terms of the top six? Obviously, a guaranteed a position now uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, seven, eight, nine, ten going to play in. We're half a game back from that sixth seed. I feel like we've got enough to get through that. But if I could offer you now a fifth seed, playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, would you take that? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, I think, to be honest, I think I, I know we always talk about home court advantage and stuff, but I don't really think it holds that much weight, especially in a in a matchup that's going to be as close as it would be with Cleveland. Yeah. Um, they're a great team. They've got fantastic players. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell is a superstar and they're, they are trending upwards. That's that's obvious. But I think that they lack playoff grit, maybe. They've, they've obviously experienced the playoffs a little bit, but it's still a relatively young team. And I think we've had a little bit more of that experience um, and I would probably back us in a series. I think, you know, Bilal, as you mentioned, Jimmy is... Jimmy is Jimmy in the playoffs. We all know about that. But if Bam can 
continue his trajectory that he's showed this year, if he can replicate any sort of that in the playoffs, then we've got a, we've got a good chance against anybody, bar maybe Boston and Milwaukee. So, yeah, I probably would take it because I think, again, as Bilal said, first round is realistic. Second round exit is probably what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I probably would take it. I think we've got a slog to get there. Um, I think we'll get ahead of the Knicks. I think we'll get ahead of the Nets. Whether we can catch up with the Cavs or not, I don't know. But yeah, that would be a good series. It'll be fun if Kevin Love fits in well and does well. It'll be great to see him go back there after they were adamant that they weren't going to let him sign with the Heat if they bought him out, which I don't understand how they were ever going to enforce that. But um, yeah, I think it would be a good series. So I probably would take that if you were fits me now. Yeah, I think that's right. And, um, you know, when when you uh, when you look at the Heat this year, Glenn, um, I mean, Bam's been fantastic. Really good point to highlight there, Ollie, because we haven't spoken since December. And since then, he has taken a ridiculous leap. He was looking good anyway. But I think from Christmas onwards, uh, we've seen uh, uh, the real leap that this guy can make. The fact, the fact that he will be the face of this franchise is, it's been giant for us. Um, so big shout out for him. But when you look at the Heat in general, Glenn, um, we're quite an ugly watch, you know. We're slow. We're you know, we know the shooting's been bad. I mean, just to run off some 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 stats here for you, so you know, end the show on a positive note. Um, shooting, shooting. Um, we are bottom basically. We're we're thirtieth uh, in points per game. One hundred eight, even that one hundred eight points a game. Even that, I, I don't know where they come from. It seems like every game's in the nineties. At twenty seventh in pace, 29th in um, field goal percentage, twenty eighth in three point percentage, twenty sixth in rebounds, twenty seventh in offensive rating, but fourth in defensive rating, which shows where you know the lack, um, or, or, well, our lack of Arsenal have been this year. Um, where do we address the, 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 to, to get better to, to go up in in the standings? We need to get better offensively. You know how we've we've Duncan coming back now. We've well, obviously Max has been hot and cold with Kevin Love coming in. How, how do we get this to to go back? Because the drop off from three point shooting alone, I mean, it just how do you legislate for that? How do you plan for that? What is there anything that needs to happen? Whether it's in the roster, whether it's in game management, whatever it is, what's your thoughts on what we've immediately got to get better off to rescue this season in a way? Well, I have to feel that Kevin Love is going to come in. <laughs> Yeah, he is selling as well, isn't he? Um, I have to feel that Kevin Love coming in, uh, and again, I think he will bring a, a completely different style of leadership to what Jimmy would bring. Jimmy will bring a cold shoulder, like sort of knock you out in the court if you piss me off sort of vibe um, and just expect you to do what you're supposed to do. And you struggle to see on, on the outside anyway of how he can take certain people under his arm and actually... Uh, pull them out of a negative situation. He's, um, or, or at least is what you see uh, consistently. He's a joker. He's good at that. But I feel like Kevin and the, and the shooter that he specifically is, whether it's Jimmy, has we know has certainly not been Jimmy buckets like he once was, draining threes from nigh on everywhere. I hope he can come in and give some of these guys that have been struggling a little bit, a little bit like, look, I'm an older chap. I've been down and out in the last couple of, in this season. I've been neglected and I'm coming here to prove a point. And I want you to join with me on these last few games because God forbid at the end of the season, if we don't pick something up, there is going to be a cull of this team with some dead wood leaving, with some undrafted players just not getting another chance on another team because it's all well and good coming in as some of these, some of these undrafted guys and winning contracts. But the people that have seen you make that meteoric rise under their own franchise are more likely to give you a contract than someone who then sees you flop off afterwards. 
And so if you can't then live up to the expectations that you once set of yourselves, then you might as well join, join Dwight Howard in, in China because like there you will score 80 points a game and you like you know you will have 100 chances at a three. So I, I hope that we see this sort of meteoric shift from uh, Oladipo deciding he wants to be a rapper to deciding he wants to start uh, balling out again. And uh, no, I just I, I'm more positive about it to be honest than it than I probably sound. But um, a, a mentality shift. The defensive grit is there, but yeah. it's time to pull together. We move forward as a team, not just on the defensive end, but on the offensive end as well. Yeah, and look, there is enough attacking talent there. You know, Tyler Hero, Vince Oladipo, Cole Lowry can still do things on his night. He's still a good three-point shooter. We know Butler can go off against, you know, get drop 30 on any team. We've just spoke, Belau, about Bam's rise this season and how well he's been. You know, in terms of fundamentally, who's going to, you know, we, we've just listed a lot of players there who are very capable NBA players. But who's got a, is it down to a Jimmy Butler? Is, it, is he still the one that's got to grab this team now to say, I'm going to bring you forward into the postseason. We're going to fire on all cylinders against anybody, or has somebody else maybe got to step up and do better? Uh, we know Jimmy's going to do that. It's, it's, it's just a given. That's just what he's been. He's done all his career, and that's what he's done in Miami, especially. So I think it's time for Bam to take that offensive leap in the playoffs and try and bring us forward, especially within the past, with the next few games, basically, and towards the end of the regular season. Because we've seen him do it this season. He's taken a leap already. Now it's just about taking this team forward and then taking it into the playoffs, taking that momentum and his leap and reflecting it on the rest of the players. Yeah, I think that Jimmy Butler deserves, as probably somebody who's, you know, probably a top five, maybe even a top three post-season player, you know, one of the best that this league's seen. He needs some help this year. And I think, yeah, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo especially need to be those guys. And if they do, look, as I said, who knows where it can lead. Um, look, I'm excited for the season going ahead. It's great to have that energy again. Um, the fan base should be a lot happier now, hopefully. It gives us something to work towards. And with this new, maybe um, sort of tweak to the lineup um, with Kevin Love in and maybe Gabe in and, and, and Lowry being from the bench, um, who knows? We could see some exciting stuff yet, but it's going to be exciting. This team... We'll give anybody a game. We know that. Guys, great way to wrap up the show. Um, I've loved talking to you again. It's been fantastic. And it's good to be able to do this. I put out a tweet, as I said, early December to say that we were sadly going to stop all media content, game day from the UK live streams, heating up the UK podcast, this very one, website work was going to stop, etc. And that was done with a lot of fault and with a heavy heart. And I put out a tweet and it's great now to actually talk about it and tell people that how much we appreciate everything that everybody's done. And the support from that tweet was actually quite, you know, mind-blowing. It was overwhelming in a way because there was so much love that was poured on this show and this account. So uh, massive thank you to all of you guys. Um, even, you know, the guys out in the States, a couple of even job offers that dropped in saying, if you ever want, you know, get the itch, we'll have you all the time. So that goes to show that people enjoy what we do as a collective. Uh, and I've got you guys here and, of course, Sam, um, James and Danny uh, for their time as well. It's been uh, immensely enjoyable. Um, guys, look, I can't commit to doing game day from the UK. It's too much work. It takes too much time away from my family, etc. It's too draining, especially when you're staying up till two or three o'clock in the morning to watch the games as well, to then come and have to prep and you know edit and record. It's too much. But I won't ever put a pin in the podcast. Okay, that's my, I'll leave that little nugget there because that's how I started this. It started with the account. It started with this podcast. I've done 86 episodes of this now. I've managed to talk to some incredible guests from inside the organization. And of course, you guys as well on a regular basis. So 
although it won't be regular by any means, um, I can't let it die completely. So I will continue to do Heating Up UK sporadically, even if it's just once a month or something, we need to talk regularly. Uh, not Well, not regularly, but we need to talk. We can't just leave this here. So um, I won't put a pin in that forever, but I will say thank you to all of you. And thank you to everyone, of course, who always listens and subscribes. It's been fantastic. So guys, on that note, we'll call it a day. We'll see where the heat go. We may talk around playoff time. Let's talk around then, hopefully. Um, but yeah, guys, just wanted to say thank you to you all. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure as always. Leaving the keys under the map for the pod. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Right. Um, that is episode 86 of Heating Up the UK in the books. Not the last one. We will do another, even though I've called this the last answer. Um, no, I can't leave it there. I can't leave it there. We'll be back one day. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. And let's see how this team get on in the second half of the season. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.